Oh, just a leg oh, Justin Madden's got the set. One hand. Oh, oh, oh. oh the post is broken. Matthews hit it. Oh, talk about a he-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your football life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Oh, Matty, they keep on coming for Tobin Brothers, the stars of the game. And this man is rightly in the history when the game is written about one of the power forwards of our time. Uh, 306 games for Melbourne, which is the most. The most goals, 631. You're starting to get a bit of a uh, flavour of who it is. And the most games as captain for the Ds. The 2002 Coleman medalist and 2002 best and fairest at the Ds. Twice All-Australia. And what about this, folks? Yibbity yibbity. Seven times Melbourne leading goal kicker. It can only be David Neitz. He's on the line. And Neitz, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much, Rex. I'd like to come on more often with an introduction like that. It was fantastic. Well, so, in 1975, 1975 on January the 22nd, uh, I'd, uh, I still, I think I still had hair and you were born. Could you imagine <laughs> from the humble beginnings across Bass Strait that you'd have a record like that? You know, albeit it would be nice to get a premiership, but when you're showing your grandchildren and say, oh, Pop didn't do too bad. Yeah, I've got to say, um, yes, a long, a long sort of journey, I guess, from from those those days. But yeah, mum and dad, they uh, they were over in Tassie for a while there. Dad was uh, doing a bit of work up there in the in the mines in north, northwest Tassie when I when I uh, was born, and uh, yeah, dad was playing a bit of footy up there as well. So he wasn't um, playing on that Queenstown ground. It was all gravel, he, was it? He has spoken about it. <laughs> The biggest expense for the Queensland Football Club is band aids and bandages and uh, <laughs> and deca- uh, what, what is it the mercurochrome for the yeah, rash. No, that, no, that's, that's exactly right. No, he has spoken about that ground quite a bit. But um, you know they, they bred them tough up there. You had to had to be a, a pretty tough old player to play out there, and that's uh, that's what Dad was. And um, well, well, that's what he tells me anyway. But, <laughs> well, uh, Daryl Baldock once described the Queenstown Football Ground as part of the moon. So, so the mining certainly had a little bit of an effect over there. Uh, uh, so, so what are your earliest memories of playing footy? And then a two-part question. What are your earliest memories of thinking, gee, I love footy and I, I reckon I can play this a bit? What, t- take us back to the real early years before you uh, became David Neitz, the footballer we know. Oh, gee, I, um, my, my earliest memories really of footy were, were having a kick with that in the backyard, which is probably similar to, to, to many young kids that are, and, and many you know, players or, or people that have got involved in footy. But having a kick of the footy in the backyard with the old man was really what I, one of my, some of my earliest memories. But, um, but look, I, I sort of, we came over to Melbourne when I was pretty young. So um, and I ended up playing with uh, Noble Park in the junior footy, footy league and, yeah. and Parkmore junior footy club as well so yeah. um had some really memories uh, back then and um i had a really good junior career and a lot of fun i played with uh, one of my mates that i played with since i was about 13 years of age john Giorgio. he played for the saints i think he's probably the youngest player that's put the saints jumper on uh john when he yeah. first into the scene yeah, i think he's a left footer a young a young left footer when he first came in wasn't he yeah so he, was, yeah. He, was, he was built ready to play afl at about 13 years of age goodness but, me but yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, just uh, growing up with, with mates and having, having a kick around down there. But in those uh, days, David, there was plenty of grounding and none better than the Teal Cup and the under-19s and the reserves. You know, I know that we've got the system and the progress that comes through now, but the under-19s, to my mind, when I played it, and I don't know whether you did, uh, you know, when you thought, it's almost men's football. It's a great grounding, or it was a great grounding, because 18-year-old kids back then were real men. Absolutely no, I did. I did go through that system, Rex, and uh, it was a, it was a fantastic grounding, um, and just to just to have the opportunity to throw the colours of an AFL team on, you know, the whole build up towards that to think, um, gee, you know, they're, 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 you know, the recruiters have come down to your local junior games and they're having a bit of a look at you. That the buzz would go around the uh, the local footy ground that, that that a recruiter was there, and everyone was, you know, trying to perform at their best, but. Um, but no, I certainly remember those days, the early days of under nineteen footy, and and you're right, I, I played that as a uh, as a fifteen year old, so a young fifteen year old whippet I was back then. Yeah, I actually played on the wing, and um, and coming up against these mature bodies was um, it certainly was a big challenge, um, and you had to sort of work out and find other ways. You know, you you well, I was a big lad and dominated the uh, the, the junior scene as where I was, but. Certainly, coming up against those those big bodies in the under 19s you yeah. just had to find a, another way to, to work out how to find the footy. So it was a, it was a great grounding. David Neitz is a star, folks, and for Tobin Brothers, we're celebrating the footy life of this fine forward who made his way after humble beginnings across Bass Strait. Uh, Barmy was there, but there was a changeover. Neil Danaher came when you were just a very young man, and uh, and you started a great affinity with the great man. Yeah, look, uh, no, no. Started off with Neil Baum, and, and look, he was he was fantastic. Uh, that was nineteen ninety three. I think the nineteen ninety two season. I played a year in the Resies uh, when Super Northy was a senior coach, and um, um, yeah, Barney came in. Obviously, the side didn't go all that well in ninety two. So I was uh, very fortunate. Neil, Neil, um, he wanted to wanted to blood some of the young guys through, so he, he gave me a, a great opportunity. Uh, played in the forward line with there was David Swartz, myself, Gary Lyon, and Alan Jakovic floating around at that start, at that time, and I was the uh, the young kid in the forward pocket next to Alan Jakovic. Wow! So, uh, the big jacket wasn't <laughs> he wasn't all that keen for me to get too much of the footy or get too close to the goals. He just pushed me outside of fifty and uh, leave quite me quite amazing when, when when you know all, all your fellow forwards even now and then you know are all towering six foot six and a half plus blokes. And Alan Jagovic at best was a ruck rover, but he just had an amazing amount of ability, didn't he? And the crowds love him. Oh, he did. He had an enormous amount of ability and a, and a great knack for goals. He's his skill level was just uh, absolutely exceptional. Your left and right foot, um, you know, he was he was amazing. So, but yeah, so I, I went, played down there for a few games, and then Barmy persisted with me at, uh, at a, but he put me down at centre half back and had a bit of a run around uh, down there, and, and yeah. I just, um, that sort of started really for me going from centre half forward to centre half back and, and being a bit of a bit of a flexible type of. For, well, you got Barman. going. You got going really at centre half back, and you really found your feet. You know, it's '94. You selected for the Big V and uh, played in defence for the Demons, and you got to a preliminary final, uh, and uh, it all started to happen for you. Uh, it's an amazing thing, self confidence for a young man. It was, and that's, and I guess that's what uh, Neil Baum was able to do for me. He, he injected a lot of confidence in me, and kept kept persisting and playing, and had a lot of belief in me, which sometimes you need as a as a younger player. 
coming through, but he, he certainly uh, had that and, and gave that to me. So I was uh, happy to repay him. With yeah. And, and, good form early. And, and you're going to come up against all of the big guns, you know, Wayne Carey, no exception. You did okay with him. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But uh, the decision to leave you down back was made a lot easier by the Ox, David Swartz and Harry Gary Lyon down at uh, centre-half forward. Two household power forwards in their own right, allowing you to do your stuff at centre-half back. Well, that, and that's right. And I guess at that point in time, we thought that um, that would be the, the, the spine of our team with myself at centre-half back and the Ox doing some amazing things, particularly in that 94 season. Yeah. He, was, he was electric oh. and, and Gary, Gary Lyon as well. So um, so I guess that was our, that was that was the plan. But uh, um, I think in the next year, uh, the Ox did his knee in 95 and, and Gary had some uh, you know, persistent back issues. So... All of a sudden, we, we went from having a really strong, tall forward line to being to being crippled, really. Yeah, so, uh, but, but then the next year, 96, you went back and uh, kicked 56 goals, and uh, that was the start of the next chapter in your journey in AFL football at the highest level. It was. It was that year I was sort of flipping back and forth, but it was a, a personally, it was a good, good year for me uh, to be able to drift forward and and kick a few goals and, and set that tone. David Neitz has joined us, and it's great to have a chat with uh, the, the young man who's finding his way in the coaching ranks. Uh, 96, a, a bittersweet year. There's no doubt about it. Don Scott got up and said, we're not merging, and we, you know, we're going to cut the jumper in half and that sort of thing. Must have been an emotional game wherein uh, it was Derm the merger match. You kicked six at one end and uh, the Chief, Jason Dunstall, lazy ten at the other. Uh, it was an emotional time for both clubs, supporters and, more importantly, players. It's a, yeah, no, it was, Rex. It was, uh, there was a lot going on at that, at that time. I was still pretty wet behind the years, young fella at that, at that point. But, um, you know... Uh, the oldest club in the competition, and, and Hawthorne, a proud Premiership-winning club as well, um, coming together. It was uh, it was very emotional for players and supporters and, and board members and uh, and those types of things. But uh, you're right, it, it culminated in the uh, the final game of the season, and it was a well, it was a cracking game really, apart from the Demons who who we went down. But um, but in general, it, the game pretty much had everything. The uh, the start of the game, I think big Jimmy Steins and the, and the fish, Paul Salmon, went up in the ruck. Yep. The big men collided pretty hard, and, um, and she was on right from the word go. Um, and then, yeah, there was a you know it was a very tight margin at one point in it late in the game. And as you say, the uh, Dunstall kicked his hundredth that day. It was a it was pretty much had had everything everything yeah. in it that game. But look, thankfully. Uh, big Don Scott did what he did. I think it was almost just about to got to go through, but um, but Don um, stood up for, for his club, the Hawks, and uh, and the merger didn't go through, which is which has been uh, a great thing for both clubs. David Neitz joining us as part of This Is Your Football Life with the kindest regards of Tobin Brothers celebrating lives out of the break. Relays, we're going to rejoin uh, the star, David Neitz, and we're going to talk about his appointment as the club captain, uh, the, the absolute tragedy of Troy Broadbridge, and many other things, including his current position at Hawthorne, who are embarking on yet another uh, hoik at the uh, premiership table. Right around Australia, this is your football life, David Neitz. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives.
Well, folks, from the moon at Queenstown in northwest uh, Tasmania, this man crossed Bass Strait right over the top of those southern bluefin tuna, landed in the big smoke and became a star. And when the history of the game is written, our man today on behalf of Tobin Brothers celebrating lives, David Neitz, will take his rightful place in the Hall of Fame of this great game. Uh, Neitzy, the captaincy with that, both on and off the field, comes responsibility. But my goodness me, when you're appointed captain, the forward line for the D's read like a who's who, and it was no man, no wonder you made the grand final in 2000. You had uh, the Ox, David Swartz, the, the primary producer, Jeffy Farmer, the Wiz, Russell Robinson, and yourself, mate. No wonder you made the grand final. That's a pretty impressive lineup for any coach to try and match up against. Yeah, look, it was pretty powerful that year, uh, pretty potent up forward. Uh, the Wizard was just uh, an extraordinary player. He just had uh, he had everything going for him. The Wizard, he could take a great mark, was a great crumbing player, had a bit of uh, a little bit of aggression about him as well, which I loved. But um, no, he was, he was an absolute beauty, and, and the, the Ox we've spoken about. He's yeah. looked the way the Ox that he was able to get himself back from those injuries and, and come back a different player. But uh, played some great footy um, over the course of the journey, and um, and also Brad Green uh, came into that side for the first for the first time. Oh, it was yeah. his, he was a first year player, but he injected a little bit of youth and excitement as well. So um, look, it was a it was a really good year that year. But um, yeah, we come up against uh, the, cool. the bombers who were who were absolutely <laughs> flying. You know, I'm not a f- if what maybe that sort of thing, but you you must think to yourself. We've done everything right, and we've copped Essendon at the best particular time in the history of the Essendon Football Club. you just got to say, I had the Tats Lotto tickets, but the numbers didn't add up. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously at the time, you uh, you convince yourself of all the reasons as to why you're going to win and why you're going to overcome them and those types of things. But I guess yeah, when you look at it and reflect on it, they were, uh, they were a red-hot team that year, and the disappointment of the year before, they uh, they really steeled themselves for that game and um, and uh, were just too good, well, really too good in the end. Yeah, yeah your career best uh, season, arguably, or not arguably, I reckon from the commentary booth, I reckon 2002, you kicked 82 goals, all Australian. All right, you lost to semi-final Adelaide, but only by a couple of kicks. Uh, it all happened in 2002 and you found the sticks very, very regularly. Yeah, look, yeah, 2002 was a good year for me. For me personally, and um, it was a good year also from, from a leadership perspective. I think I had the captaincy in 2000 and, and 2001, and so obviously 2000, the captaincy was great and everything was going beautifully. We, we'd won lots of games, played off in the grand final, but the following year of 2001 was, was disappointment. We didn't handle the, uh, I guess, the relative success of the 2000 year all that well, and, and I guess um, I really had to challenge myself from a leadership perspective and think about what I was going to be like as a captain. So, um, so certainly that uh, the off-season in between 2001 and 2002 was important for me. And then to be able to back that up with a really good performance on the field was, was a yeah, mm. really pleasing year. And uh, tragically, three or four years down, another off-season was just... Just so tragic with Troy Boardbridge uh, being lost in that tsunami. Um, you reckon you've got enough going on at a football club, but people don't understand, or some people don't understand. It's family, it's humans, you bleed, you've got feelings. How, how do you get through that as individuals and, more importantly, as a group? Oh, look, it was obviously a really, a really, really tough time for everyone at the footy club, and um, 
and giving people the uh, the opportunity to be able to grieve in their own their own way. Everyone's grieves in their own own different way, but um, but it was a very very tough time, a tragic circumstance, obviously on a global perspective, and then um, you know when it hit, hit so personally to everyone. Um, yeah, it was a huge, huge shock and a huge blow to the to, to our systems and um, and to the Melbourne Footy Club. He's a bloody great player and we, who we wanted to be out there playing for us. But, um, but look, from a, from a personal perspective, we we really just uh, tightened the group up. We really came together as much as we possibly could, allowed each other to to sort of grieve and and, and do those things. Um, and then and then I guess from a team perspective, try to honour him by. Yeah. And tragically, you know, the coincidence was that with the passing and uh, and the wake uh, period, that uh, on the back of 2006, you returned down the bottom, uh, the wrong end of the, the ladder, finishing 14th. And it just must have been so sapping of your enthusiasm because you're off and running, but uh, a few hurdles came along. Yeah, well, the 2006, that was the last, that, that was the last year we won, won a final, so we I uh, went over to over to Frio and got beaten beaten over there. But um, and then you're right, 2007. Um, yeah, I guess our uh, the game started to change. The Cats were playing a different style of footy, and I guess we tried to tried to move move with the times. But um, yeah, it didn't didn't quite work for us. We lost uh, Neil Danaher uh, as coach midway through through that season, um, and a few <laughs> a few of the old blokes like my good self were starting to. The, the mind was willing, and the body started catching up with us. Yeah. So, um, so um, it was, I guess, a bit of a, a start of a um, well, what was supposed to be a rebuild of the of the Melbourne Footy Club. Yeah, talking about Neil Danaher, I had him here about six weeks ago, and just an absolute inspiration. You know, struggling with his speech, and he knows he's in trouble, but he's just saying it won't get me, Rexy, all that sort of stuff. Uh, suddenly, on the day I interviewed him, he said, "Hey, go on, Rexy." I said, "I had an ingrown toenail, but it's not so bad today." <laughs> Uh, what an inspiration he is! It, it's no surprise from the Danaher, uh, you know, family tree and, and 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 the family that they are. But what uh, what a challenge he's got, and he's just taking it head on. He's just inspirational there, Nietzsche. Oh, uh, there's absolutely no doubt about that. You know, he's um, he's he's always been an inspiration to me, and and I guess you know, footy as a as a game, and particularly for the senior coach, you've got to. Put everything you've got out there on the line. Your, your whole philosophy on footy and your whole philosophy on life really comes out uh, to the to the playing group. And um, and it's a tough gig as a senior coach. And uh, you know, lots of people, lots of eyes on you and, and media pressure and those types of things. But um, but look, Neil as a coach was just always able to absorb any of that pressure, really take it on, protect his players, and and just really just manful in the way that he went about his yeah. business. But and then, obviously, you know, to to see how he's um, how he's coping and what he's doing with uh, with MND at the moment is an absolute inspiration. We're not yeah. uh, we're not totally surprised because that's the the manner in, in him, which yeah. he takes everything on. But uh, but to actually do it under these circumstances is just just beyond any any sort of expectation and and, and just. Yeah, a fantastic show of who he is as a person. Yeah, and life's full of setbacks. And one big setback you had was a bulging disc in your back in 2008. Now, my creaky old bones, I've just had an operation. I tell you what, I feel sorry for you, mate. You just can't perform. How frustrating was this, that that back injury ended your wonderful career? It was. It was a real frustrator. And um, I'd, I'd actually first felt it in sort of uh, December of 2007 during the pre-season was, and was hoping that it would just 
get better, but unfortunately, you know, the bash and crash of AFL football it just keeps getting worse. So, um, so yeah, look, it was a, it was a real disappointment. Um, uh, there was it was I mean I'd played three hundred plus games, so I'd had a fair run of it, and, and I guess uh, you've all got to go at some point. But um, but yeah, I thought that I had, had a little bit more left in me, and um, but unfortunately the, uh, the the back and, and neck injury really uh, yeah. really put a damper on it. I know life's uh, full of what ifs, uh, David Neitz, but being out at Hawthorne at the moment, you know, in, in another exciting period in their rich history, and you see the way Premiership players of old and current, you know, get together, and there's that bond. I know you've got a bond at Melbourne, but it would have been a little bit better with a little bit of uh, uh, a medal hanging around your neck, mightn't it? Yeah, a little bit of silverware would have yeah. been uh, absolutely fantastic. And uh, look, you, you always look back with a bit of uh, bit of jealousy at some of those guys. And um, and as you say, doing a little bit of work at the Hawks at the moment as a specialist coach, working with their key position calls, yeah, uh, forwards and backs. But um, you see those guys walking around with two and three premiership medallions around their neck, and um, you know, absolutely fantastic and good on them. They've worked bloody hard for it, but. Yeah, I, I guess when you when you start with the journey and someone says to you you played three hundred and six games, you would have liked to have uh, to thought that there might have been a bit of silverware attached to it, but yeah. um, but it was uh, proved to be elusive. From the time you started till you end, and uh, I preface that by saying, you know, when I started, you know, you get $20 a win and $15 a loss or something like that, but we all had full-time jobs. Uh, you came into an area where it became full-time. Has it gone to another level? Uh, do you do you look at another level out there at Waverley when you're out of training uh, for these young men? It is just a full-time job that you have to focus every moment of your life. Uh, look, it, it really is. It really is. I think it's important for the guys still to get a little bit of balance, in some way, shape, or form, to because you've got to, you know, get out of the bubble of AFL footy at times. And whether it's a bit of study or it's a little bit of work experience along the way, I, I still think there's room for it. There's not a lot of room for it, but um, but I certainly would encourage all the players to, to take that up if they if they can. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, look, I was the same, Rex. Everyone worked full time when I first started, and then. Throughout the journey of my career, it certainly got to a stage where um, well, no one was working uh, at a full-time uh, capacity, but, but as I say, yeah. just, just a little bit of a touch with reality is always good. I think it actually helps your footy as well. Now, before we uh, thank you very much for your time today, David Neitz, it's been really lovely chatting for you. You mentioned just a few moments ago, I do a little bit of work for Hawthorne. Is there the prospect of further work, or what does life after football, uh, what does it involve for David Neitz? Well, yeah, I am doing a bit of work uh, with the Hawks, but um, I'm also, at the moment, I've got a little beer brand that I'm about to bring out, Rex, so uh, you'll, have to, you'll have to have a taste of that. Wow. It's, it's actually tied in with um, with the Cure for MND Foundation, so we're, we're, we're launching October the 23rd, we're, uh, we're doing a thing called Brumanity Hour, Yep. and uh, what we're encouraging pubs around Victoria to get on board, and it's, essentially it's a happy hour. But the uh, the funds from the happy hour, instead of putting them in the till, they go across to uh, the Cure for MND Foundation. Oh, how so, good um, is that? So uh, yeah, so how we're hoping uh, to, to raise a bit of funds through that, which would be which would be nice. So any publicans listening, jump on board and uh, get on board to Brumanity Hour. That is fantastic. Now, as I said before, I let you go. We've just thoroughly enjoyed, you know, uh, uh, every moment we're spent with you today. But we need to know a few personal things, just with quick answers. Your favourite food, David Neitz. Oh, the steak. The Can't best player that you played with at the Demons. 
Uh, Gary Lyon, I'll give the nod to. And the best AFL-VFL player you've seen? Best that I've seen is the, the duck, Wayne Carey. Okay, please complete this sentence. When I, David Neitz, get the time, I would like to. I would like to oh, go travelling. If I was Prime Minister for one day in Australia, the one thing I would change is this. Oh, jeez. The one thing I would change is this. Um, Make hair pieces tax deductible. I wouldn't mind, but I'll tell you what, the way it's going at the moment, I wouldn't mind it. If they're going to change the leader, just have an election within six months or something. Give us a say, will you? Fair enough. The best movie that you have seen. Oh, the Shawshank Redemption. It's the amount of guys that say that. You know what I mean? What was the name of the town when Red walked down to get the box from under the oak tree? <laughs> no, you got me, Red. It's Buxton. <laughs> and he says, I hope I see my friend. I hope the Pacific's as blue as it is in my dreams, I hope. And I tell you what, I hope one day that we get uh, the advantage of your experience at the highest level coaching because you are a star. And thanks for being part of This Is Your Football Life, David Neitz. Thank you very much, Rex. Much appreciated. And if you'd like to hear the extended version of this interview, check out facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals. Follow us on Twitter. That's Canary at Rex Football Life. This has been This Is Your Football Life, all for Tobin Brothers Funerals, with special thanks to the great David Neitz.